Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Bishop Richard Ayi. Bishop Richard Ayi serves as a bishop in Lighthouse Chapel International, a denomination founded by Bishop Dacuid Mills with over 1,500 branches worldwide. Bishop Richard currently pastors the London branch of the First Love Church, a vibrant campus ministry with young, energetic people, full of first love for the Lord. We believe this message will give you hope, light and love to strengthen you in your Christian walk. Now listen to Bishop Richard. Alright, so are you guys ready to hear powerful testimonies? Do you like testimonies? Today we're doing something a bit special today. So I want you to clap your hands and welcome this group of first lovers to give us their testimony. Hi everyone, my name's Rochelle. Um, I just wanted to share with you um, a great experience that I had. Um, last month, I was really, really blessed to get the opportunity to go along to Bishop Dax's Euro Camp, and the title was No City Shall Be Too Strong For You. And initially, I saw it on the website, and I was like, oh, I really, really want to go to that camp. But I'm not from Lighthouse, I'm not from Nal Kadesh, I'm not from the, one of the other denominations, so I, I want to go. So um, by the grace, I was able to go, um, I went along, and I actually missed my flight, guys. I missed my flight when I got to... <laughs> I got to London, Victoria, and I realized oh, I've actually missed my flight due to unforeseen circumstances, but I instantly looked online. I was determined. I knew that the Lord wanted me to be there. I was determined. So I looked online, and I actually found a flight in Birmingham. So I took a train to Birmingham, and I got a flight the next morning, and I arrived at the camp by the grace of God. Um, and it was just the moment I walked in, the camp was just prophetic. Bishop was really, really preaching, encouraging everybody there that no city will actually be too strong we can take any city for the kingdom of God and I actually applied that to um, campuses so in my mind every time Bishop was preaching I was thinking no campus will be too strong for you I'm applying it to first love I'm going to take it back to first love and by the grace I've applied the teachings that I've had to my campus church and I'm thinking Middlesex will not be too strong for me by the grace of God and I've seen all of the prophecies actually coming to light I felt a lot more bold and a lot more confident in my outreaches I felt a lot more confident in my follow-up and my approaches to the work of God because of that camp and we were also very very privileged to meet with Bishop and um, the young people um, that were at that camp and he really really encouraged us and ministered a lot of hope and a lot of encouragement and I've taken that back with me so I just want to say thank you to Bishop Dag for the camps. Hello um, my name is Eden and my testimony begins before I started First Love I was a Christian but um, I was a very shallow Christian and very stagnant so I had no depth in my Christianity and my Christianity was very limited to um, I go to church on Sunday and I believe in Jesus Christ. So when I started First Love one summer I went to Ghana 
And when I went to Ghana, I had planned to go to First Love and to visit the Kadesh. And unfortunately, um, the last week before I had to come back to England, um, that was the week that I wanted to go to First Love. And I was unable to go because I was in Kumasi at the time. And First Love is in Accra. And um, unfortunately, I couldn't go because of situations. So um, I was quite disappointed and... um, the Saturday, um, the Saturday of that week, I went on Facebook and I saw that Bishop Dag is coming to First Love K and UST, which is the um, which is in Kumasi. So I was very happy because um, I was going to go. And so the Sunday I woke up, went, and that was the same Sunday that Bishop Dag launched in that service, how you can become a strong Christian. And um, so we all received the book for free and um, <laughs> so I went home and when I started reading the book I realized that I was a very um, weak Christian and that I had to become a strong Christian because or else I would backslide because I noticed that there was just only so much time that you can become stagnant for as a Christian and um, by the time you realize you're backsliding really so I decided that I'm going to become a strong Christian. So after reading the book, I realized that I had to become more fruitful. I had to become, I had to sacrifice so many things. I had to suffer. I had to suffer for the work of God, not suffer. (laughs) Yes, suffer for the work of God. And um, I also had to gain more knowledge and understanding in the work in the Word of God. So I just want to thank Bishop Dag for his books because. Um, Standing here right now, if I had to think about um, back then before starting First Love, where I would go if I had died, I don't have a clue. So I'm very grateful for the books that Bishop Dag has provided for us. Thank you. Hi, my name is Lisa. So I have been in church, um, I've been in church all my life mostly, and unfortunately when I got to uni I started to backslide. I, <laughs> I would just go to church, it was just, um, it became a routine, and um, God showed me mercy. In my second year in uni, Bishop had um, a service with us on Sunday, and we were all so excited, went to the service. And when he finished preaching, he said, so next week I'm going to continue. And then we said, what did he just say next week? And then he said, and they said, yes, um, he's going to, um, he's going to start a church with the young people and um, he's going to be our pastor. And that the next week he was going to tell us what the name of the church was. And that was First Love Church. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I just remembered screaming everybody was just so happy it was just surreal and um Sunday after Sunday he came he was our pastor and for me looking back I realized that um I became from the girl who was backsliding I moved from that like his um infectious love for God ignited a fire in us and (laughs) and and I just became I just became lit again, if I should say, and (laughs) And 
And for me, um, his presence on campus and his decision to become our pastor broke my fall from backsliding. And I went from somebody who was on her way, probably on her way out of church, to even becoming a pastor. So I just want to um, thank God for the life of Bishop Dag, for thinking of us and for coming to us and for thinking to start First Love Church. Thank you. Hi, my name is Sharon, and um, my testimony is also about how Bishop's books have changed my life. Um, there's one particular book um, that I love, and I know that definitely these, this, this book changed my life. And that was a book by Bishop Art of Hearing. And there are a few things that I picked from that book. And one of the things was knowing that there's a perfect will of God and there's an imperfect will of God. And another thing that really touched me, that changed me, was when Bishop um, wrote about the secret of directed parts. And he used Proverbs. He talked about Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, and said that the promise of that scripture is not that God would direct me, but rather he would direct my parts. And when I understood that, it gave me a new perspective on my new Christian life because I was just born again. And I learned how to pray the prayer that it will be done. And when you don't know how to pray that prayer, if you're not in the perfect will of God, it's a very dangerous thing. But when I learned how to pray that prayer, when I really decided to pray that prayer, there's so many things that have happened in my life, so many doors of opportunities that I would never have been in that position, even if I decided it on my own. But it's because I believe that from those prayers, from praying that I will be done and understanding these scriptures as how Bishop was describing it in the book of Art of Hearing. I really know that my life was changed and I do believe it's from those prayers. So I just really want to thank um, God for Bishop and the books that he has written. The Bible says, blessed is he that reads and takes heed on these things that are written. And I'm really grateful for these books. And I just want to say thank you, Bishop, for the books. And last but not least, my name is Ben. And um, I would like to... I would like to start, that's me, I would like to start, I would like, I would like to start this testimony by saying that um, literally, um, and I don't, I'm not even trying to be humble, but I'm a, I'm a nobody from Peckham, like li- when I say I'm a nobody, I'm an average Peckham boy, I came from Peckham, I grew up in Peckham, um, but I somehow, um, I ended up traveling um, one day with Bishop Richard to Botswana, um, and there was a camp in Botswana called How Can I Say Thanks? And um, I remember at the last day of the camp, um, there was there was a loads of people at that camp, hundreds of young people there. But at the last day, Bishop Doug was praying for just a few people. And he laid hands on a few people. And I was one of the few who he laid hands on. And um, he made a prayer which I believe has um, kept me in church and took me out of a certain lifestyle. And um, he, he laid hands on me and he said that, um, I remove you from the shadow of darkness and I, um, I put you under the shadow of the wings of the almighty. And um, since, since that prayer, um, my life has really is changed. And um, for him to just make a prayer over your life, it, it was something that I cannot really explain. And um, I, I just thank God for his life. But there's a second scenario where... Um, by the grace of God. So this is, I'm talking about two times I've met Bishop Dag in the flesh. Um, and so the second times, the second time, it's a difference. It's a different time, yeah. 
It's a different video and the flesh is a difference. So the second time I met Bishop Doug, I was in um, Swaziland, and um, there, there, there was a, by the grace of God, um, there was a, there was a, um, a crusade. You see, and um, what you see on the DVDs or YouTube is very different to when you're actually there and you're witnessing Bishop Dag preaching and people receiving, people being healed. And it was, it blew my mind. It actually blew my mind. And this goes back to the fact that I'm just a peckham boy. I'm trying to give you some hope here. Because what happened is that, I don't know, sometimes when you're watching the DVDs, you see Bishop Dag in a convoy and a lot of trucks behind him and the police vehicles, and I was inside one of the convoys. I was inside, and, and what happened is that we went, we went to the Prime Minister's quarters, his headquarters, and Bishop Black was having an interview with, the, with a few, um, I don't know who they were, people. They were, they were questioning him and asking him questions, and I was there, and I was like the only white guy there. I was just there. I, I was shocked. I was shocked. And um, when we left, everybody had to file out in a single line, and Everybody had to shake the hand of the prime minister. And when I shook his hand, I realized that, what am I doing here? (laughs) It just dawned on me that I'm a Peckham boy. And I'm here with Bishop Dagheewood Mills shaking the hands of a prime minister in Swaziland. So my my testimony is just to say thank you to Bishop Dag for, um, for, for thinking of young people. And you can tell anybody has a chance to do great things for God. Amen. And together, we just want to say, Bishop Dag, our hero. Wow, fantastic. Well, I want us to um, prepare our hearts and prepare our ears and welcome our sister, Marcella, to give us some beautiful songs. Too heavy for him to carry me. 
My father would pick me up, oh yeah, hold me in his arms and lay with me. He gave me a name that meant so much to him, then prayed for me and spoke good things over me, and I knew for sure I was loved. I'd love to have an extra hour, an extra day, some extra time with him. Oh, how I cherish those moments that we shared, and I'd love, love, love to dance with my father again. When I became an older child That's when I thought I knew it all And I despised my father's words, yes I just ignored and avoided him I thought he didn't understand my ways Had old ideas that were long, long gone But right now I see I was wrong My father's words were always right The problem was me How foolish I have been I wish I could turn back the hands of the clock Just for one more chance To be with my father again I understand that I didn't know I didn't know my father's love for me Dearly, I love him. So many mistakes. 
waited on the Lord to hear His gentle voice for guidance and direction where to go. I opened up my heart to know the perfect will of God. His will is what I want. His perfect will. As I spent so many hours in the presence of the Lord, I calmed down and began to hear His voice. Lovely voice of God, your perfect voice revealing the mysteries of your will at the crossroads of my life. No other voice compares, oh no, it's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard. The lovely voice of God. Turned into me when he spake to me. The words he spoke to me, they were spirit, they were life. The visions and the dreams, oh, how they turned my life around and gave a new direction for my ministry. As I rose up from my knees, there was a mantle now on me. I have found grace for mighty words, and I will never, never be the same. The lovely voice of God, your perfect voice revealing. Mysteries of your will at the crossroads of my life. No other voice compares, oh no. It's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard. The lovely voice of God. The lovely voice of God. Your perfect voice reveals. Of your will at the crossroads of my life. No other voice compares, oh no. It's the sweetest sound my heart has ever heard. The lovely voice of God. Wow, the lovely voice. I believe you will hear the lovely voice of God today. Amen. And we have our very own pastor in the house today. Amen. 
I want you to stand to your feet with shouts of Jesus' joy. Make some noise and welcome Bishop Richard Ayi. Wow. Are you excited? Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your precious and sweet Holy Spirit. Father, speak to us. Bless us as we hear your word today. Thank you, Father, for this great opportunity we have to be in your holy presence. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Take your seats in his presence. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word of God? Do you like to hear the word of God? I will preach to you the word of God for today. Hallelujah. You happy to be in church? Okay. So, um, turn your Bible. So, also turn in your Bible. Which one is right? Turn in your Bible or turn your Bible? Turn your Bible. Okay, but I hear a lot. Turn in your Bible. You know, turn in your Bible too. No problem. No problem. Um, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. And um, today, um, briefly, but not so brief. Today's a special day. Are you aware today's a special day? Yeah. Today is the birthday of our pastor. So, we, uh, it's always a special day for us. Um, if you don't like it, next time check 14th May so you don't come to church. Uh, it's a special and a very happy day for us because we'll be celebrating our pastor all day. All day we'll be here. All day is a very, very happy moment for us. Um, and um, it's a very happy day for us. So, service is really different. Um, it takes a time and it rolls, you know. On a normal day by now, I'll be attempting to wrap off. But today, as you can see, I'm now starting. And we have many more things to do after this. So, it's a happy day. First love, there's no stress. Time doesn't give us stress. Exams doesn't give us stress. Marriage doesn't give us stress. Um, what? Preaching doesn't give us stress. We enjoy preaching. We enjoy everything that goes on in the church. Isn't it? Yeah. We enjoy everything. We are very happy with everything in the church. Okay. All right. What a blessing. Hallelujah. So, Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. And um, I have a very important message I want to share with you today. How many of you know that when you go to church, um, it's... um, we learn things to add to our Christianity. It's, it's like life. It's like life. You don't know everything, but you keep learning. How many of you realize that in life you've been learning? There are some things you're not aware of, some things you didn't know, but as you've been around in life, as you're growing up in life, you learn. You learn. You discover. Sometimes things that you thought were a certain way are not exactly that way. So you learn that this is how, this is how it's supposed to be, or this is what it's meant to be. Um, as, as, as you grow up in life, sometimes you, you even discover things that your parents have done for you that you didn't even know that they were doing. Yeah. Especially when you start having a family. Yeah. 
then you will discover that, oh, so all these things were being done for me. And I didn't even know that these things were being done for my sanity and um, for me to, to be around and to be alive and to have the things that I have. Um, I, remember, I remember some years ago, I was sharing uh, a house with somebody. Um, he was in a room. I was also in a room. And then we had to, we had to you know, move on. You know, sometimes you share something, you, you move on. So we had to move on. In other words, we had to go our separate ways. And I remember a comment he made that, wow, so now I have to buy uh, soap, toilet tissue, this. So I remember what he said. I said, and this, this is not like a child. This is a grown-up man. This is a grown-up. I mean, I'm sure uh, I don't think I'm more than two years older than him. This is a grown-up, a grown-up guy. Yes, but whilst we were there, I remember he used to live and behave like, you know, like, you know, yes. Yeah, but the day we were, were parting, it was, it was, he was saying that, hey, so now he has to buy this, now he has to buy oil, he has to buy this. It's like, because he was just there, he was just in the house, using everything that I buy. And I wasn't complaining, I wasn't saying anything, he was using everything. Buy soap. He ne- I'm sure he never bought soap before. I'm sure he doesn't know where toilet tissue comes from. Every time there's some sitting there, and he's just used it. But as I was going to say, hey, so now all these things have to be added to his budget. I didn't say that. I just said, God will, God will provide. God will provide. God will help you. So sometimes you are there, but as you move on, as you grow up in life, you, 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 you learn. You, you actually learn that. Look, there are a lot of things that you need to know about and you need to understand. And things that, especially like hidden and unspoken things that are done, that are not said. Because a lot of things are done that are not said. Um, even when you take a church service, a lot of things are done that you, you wouldn't know what has been done for, for us to be here and how, how uh, decisions have been taken and people who have worked for us to be to be, to be around and to, and to have what, what we have. So we learn as we move on. So, so is our Christian life. There are many things. Sometimes we know, we know up to a point. You know, um, I realize that, I realize that the, the, the less you know, the more easily agitated you become in life. Yeah, the less you know. That is why, that's why teenagers are more like, um, Protestants, they are always protesting over something because they know in part and they feel that, and, and what is a teenager? I've been a teenager before. I wasn't born, you know, at this age. Yeah, so I also remember. So even if it doesn't happen, even if you are not like that, take it that I was like that. I was like that when I was uh, coming up. So you say teenagers, they always, they always agitate, they always argue. Because they know in part, they know very little. And when you know very little, you always feel that the whole world and everything runs on this very little that you know. So you're always fighting based, based on the little that you know. But as you grow up, you see, when, when, you grow, when you're growing up, what you gain is what is called latitude. You gain latitude. Another word for latitude is broadness. You gain broadness. You, you would even see, you would even, you even discover that when somebody, when somebody is, is, uh, is crying, 
They are not always, they are not always, it's not always because of a bad thing. It's always because of a bad thing or, or the things that, the things that you have drawn conclusions on. Or, or let's, let's say someone has fallen, someone has even fallen into sin. It's not everybody who falls into sin who is a bad person. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you say someone has fallen into sin, it's not because he's a bad boy or she's a bad girl. Some of them is out of naivety. They are just, they are just led, they are just led on and on and on. So they actually need somebody. That's, that, that's why you need somebody to actually even protect you and to counsel you and to guide you. And to and to and to take even decisions on your on your behalf because you don't you don't know everything. You just you've just met somebody and the person is telling you that you are the most gorgeous thing he's ever seen. And you like it because your mom has been telling you how lazy you are, how a sleepy head you are, how you are like this, how you are like that. So suddenly you meet this guy, this hairy guy who has a mustache. And he's talking undertone. You can't even make out everything that he's saying. The only things you can hear is gorgeous, nice, pretty, lovely, sweet. All the things you wish mommy would have said. My mommy's always saying that go and clean the room. Go and do this. So suddenly you've met this person who is it's like, so it's like, after all, I am nice. I am nice. I am, I am cute and cuddly. After all the, you know, bombs I've received in the house. But what you don't know, what you don't know is that this person speaking to you is very experienced with simple-minded people. So you will discover then that you're not a bad person, but you're simple-minded. But in your simplicity, you think you know everything. So something else teaches you. So by the time, by the time you've crossed out of that age, you will see that when you meet someone else talking in a certain way. You are not as excited. Because it's like, what you, are, what you are about to go through? I've seen it before. I've been told before. Nicer things have been said to me. That's why your mother can tell you that, look, look. Someone, one mother said to the child, when I was your age, I was nicer than you. I was nicer than you. I was nicer than you. And I'm sure it's true. I was nicer than you. I had more people coming after me. She would tell you, look, I was hot. I was hot. I was like a hot cake. Do you know hot cake? You can't handle it. That's hot cake. Everybody would like to hold, but they can't. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. Yeah, they can't handle it. Can't. So to tell you, you know, what you are doing, I've done it before. 
He said, when you are taking your time to do it, and because you are so naive, you are not even excited. You do everything, everybody can tell that you are going somewhere to see somebody. You even become defensive when you've not been attacked. That's how, that's how murderers are caught. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why the police and these people are very, are very relaxed when there's a murder? I mean, relaxed in the sense that they are quite sure that we'll get the person. And have you ever wondered why they use the same, the same procedure? Put posters up, get someone to come and sit there, cry a bit, talk, appeal to the person. The person will by all means talk. He won't hide forever. He will come out. It is a proven, it's a proven method. Just put posters, put posters everywhere, do this, get the people who are the victims to come and sit there, look into the tell you, look into the camera and speak. Be emotional. There's somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows the person who will make a phone call just now and then set up phone lines. You'll see. You see, it's proven. It's proven that's how murderers are caught. All the time, all the time, without fail, they will be caught. All the time. So there are some things that when you do, any experienced person will know that this is what you are doing. This is what you've been up to. It's it's written all over your face. (laughs) Some of you are thinking. (laughs) But why are part of the whole part of the whole hot and part of the whole very cool? I wish it was cool. I want the coolness. It's very hot here. It's very nice here. You those of you are people are suffering. So so what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that we add to our knowledge, we add to what we know in life. We add to what we know. You don't know everything. You don't know everything. Yeah. Did you know you don't know everything? Did you think you know everything? It's very dangerous to make major decisions. Major, major key decisions when you know little or you have little information. You can't make major decisions. You can't draw conclusions. It's over. It's this. When you just have, when the information is now trickling in, that's where, that's where people make mistakes. He's no more. He's no more. So, so in church also, and, and for you, it's good. It's good you're in church at this age. Do you understand? It's good, you're, it's good you're in church at this age to learn more things because it also takes a while. Can you imagine? Every Sunday we come, you only get a little bit. You come, you get, you get a little bit. You come, you get a little bit. So it's going to take a while for your knowledge base to be very broad. It's going to take a long time. You know, it, even even uh, uh, a few days ago, I was thinking about a particular topic. And I said to myself, I've never taught this thing in first club before. Never. And I was asking, how come? How come? So by the time I will start, I, can't, I will not even be able to teach on that particular topic exhaustively. I'll just have to teach it up to a point. Then we leave it. Then we start something else. So it takes a while. To know things and to know about things. It takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a while. It's like a relationship. You can't be in a relationship after two days. You say, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like her. 
or or you meet and then some people also meet someone for the first they say i like i like her i I don't i don't understand i don't know what other powers you have that you can see somebody i like i will tell you you don't like or you don't know what you are saying how can you just see somebody i like how can you see somebody two weeks i don't like Somebody was asking me the other day that what do I think is his temperament? I said, temperament? Temperament? I need to know you in different settings before I can comment on your temperament. I can't just just meet you in a restaurant or meet you in church and then I say, hey, you, you are like this. No. Everybody is different in public. I need to have a glimpse of you. Behind, not behind closed doors, but in your private life. And then in different, under different situations. I need to see how you react. How you react and what you, because there, there are people, there are people who are very lazy when it gets to the things of God. And then when it gets to secular things, they are very driven. So when you, when you see such a person in church, you say, oh, he's uh, uh, whatever you call the lazy ones. He's, he's one of them. He's one of them. But you should see him where he has interest. Where he has interest, you see, the person is very driven. So now, how? What, what's your? What, what's the person? What's that person? So you need in different situations before you draw a conclusion. You don't draw a conclusion based on limited information about about somebody. So, so why am I saying all these things? I'm saying all these things to say that to say that for most of us, we don't really know much about the things of God and about God. So rather, you have to be very relaxed and learn and drink. The scripture says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. So you need to maintain a hunger to learn more. When you see, when you see something new, don't be offended. Don't be quick and say, no, I don't like it. It's like, it's like uh, you're, you're in church and maybe the pastor is teaching on tithing. Because you are not comfortable with giving of money or because you've had bad experiences or you've, you've seen somebody who has had bad experiences, then you just conclude, ah, there they go again. No, relax. Tithing is a biblical doctrine. It is. It is. Do you Tithing, it's a biblical doctrine. It's a teaching in the Bible. Just as faith is in the Bible. You see about faith. You see about love. Love, love is also, is also a great doctrine in the, in the Bible. So you keep, we keep adding up. We keep adding. We keep adding. We keep adding. We keep adding. We keep adding and knowing. For, forgiveness. Maybe you've never learned about forgiveness. So you can't forgive. Anything anybody does is like one, two, back on my shoe, three, four, shut the door on your way out, five, six, pick up sticks as you approach, seven, eight, as you approach the gate. No. But you will discover as you move on that look, people will offend you. I say offend you, offend you, offend you. There will be offenses. There will be. There will be offenses. And the people who will offend you are the closest. Listen, Prime Minister May will never offend you. 
you will never even get the chance to have a cup of tea with her. To even say that, to even say that the way she, she likes her tea, she's very fussy. You never even get the chance to know how she likes her tea or how she likes her coffee. She'll never offend you. The people who offend you are, are close ones. So when a close one is being offensive and you say that you can't take nonsense, you have to take nonsense. Nonsense comes from the close ones. You, I mean, you can't just, you can't just wake up and be writing people off. As though you are an angel. You see, that attitude leads to desolation. It leads to desolation. You become desolate with friends. You become desolate where a job is concerned. You become desolate where even uh, uh, like people to study with. Because I, I, you don't like the way your people that you study with, you don't like the way you talk to them. You are going to study alone. You become desolate there. They become desolate even with church. Because when you went to church, somebody said this. Pastor said this. They said that. You don't like it. So you go to the church. You, you are just generating for yourself an isolated lifestyle where nothing will work. So you have to learn. You have to learn it. You have to learn that nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. I am most comfortable with people who are very transparent. Not people who are, are good and perfect. People are very transparent. I get frightened to my socks when I detect that you are lying or you lie. If, if I, it, it scares. I don't know why. I, I, I'm still praying about it to become stronger. But it's one of the. I get. I actually get frightened when I have been with you, comfortable, and then I detect that you. You, when I've told you my, or my, my name starts with an R, you have said your name starts with a P and it starts with a Q. I get frightened. To where? My socks. My socks. I shiver to the bottom, of, to the soles of my feet. I wonder, who is this person? I wonder, who is this person? Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? So, anyway, we learn. We learn and we keep learning. So, many, many things to learn. Many things to know about. Many things to understand. In Christianity, many things to understand about prayer. How to pray. It's a, it's a, prayer alone is about a year's topic. To understand prayer and to get used to prayer. And to pray in a certain way. To pray different types of prayer. Before giving, different types of things you can give. It's all topics that you left. That it's like it's like it's like a chain that is making that is that is that is, you, are, you are building up to have. When you don't have it, your chain is, is shorter and perhaps weaker. So we keep learning. We keep learning. We keep learning. We keep discovering. So when, when you are when you are around like this and you, you, you hear a topic introduced to you, it's a good topic. It's a good thing to learn and to receive so that your Christianity gets stronger. You don't reject things that you don't know about or you haven't heard about before, so you reject it. No. No. I've also never heard of Carnival of Stars. But heard Carnival of Stars is a good way for, to reach out to people. You don't reject new things. You embrace it. You accept it. 
Because it's new and it's Christian. And it's biblical. And so sometimes will lead you to deny Christ. It will rather lead you to turn many more hearts to the Lord. Wow. So the new things are supposed to help you to develop and increase your Christian life. Your Christian life. Your Christian life. Your Christian life. Maybe you are used to praying, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We also forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us into temptation, but what? Uh, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Finish. That's, that's, that's a prayer that you know. But then now you will discover that there's another type of prayer. Speaking in tongues. Praying for longer hours. Praying for longer hours. What we say, we are praying, we are, Lord, we are praying thy will be done. We can pray thy will be done for three hours. It's, you, you are learning. You are learning. What you know, you know in part. You know in part. So you we keep learning and we keep learning things. Unless it's not biblical. Unless it's not from the Bible. What you should be afraid of is somebody who tells you that going to church is not necessary. Those are the, those are the satanists that you have to be afraid of. These are, these are people that you have to be scared of. Who is this? When the Bible says that forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. It, that's what is written in the Bible. And then somebody wakes up, church is, not, if church is not important, what is important? What is important? What is important apart from church? What can be more important than church? When the scriptures say how beautiful it is when the brethren dwell together in unity, for there the Lord commands blessings. You shall be blessed because you came to church. When the people dwell together in union with one faith, one purpose, there, the spy said, there, the Lord commands his blessings. There. Ask yourself, what has taken you? The days you were missing church, what was it? What was it? Do you meet these satanic infested people? They're the ones that will teach you new things. That would take you away from fellowship, away from church, away from hearing the word, away from having, having a shepherd over your life, away from, away from other Christians. The Bible says the iron sharpeneth iron, so does a man the countenance of his neighbor. That's what the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. If you're alone, you won't be sharpened. Do you understand sharp? To be sharp. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his neighbor. The Bible says that as face answereth to face in water, so does a heart of man to man. You need fellowship. 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 fellowship. Sometimes you are down. The person that you meet in church is up. You see, when you see the person, you see, you're encouraged. You're encouraged. encouraged Because as face answereth to face in water, so the heart of man to man. Have you looked in the pool before? Who did you see? Yourself. Yes. So the heart of man also responds to the heart of the other man. 
Yes. That's what they say. Feelings are mutual. Very briefly, what I want to share with you today, the title of my message is Those Who Honor. Yes, Those Who Honor. Honoring is one of the important things in your Christian life. You see, the teachings in the church is for life. It's not for a denomination. It's not for a particular church. It is for you and your Christian faith. If I teach you about tithing, it's not for a denomination. It's not for this church. Your tithing doesn't make any difference to my life. It doesn't make any difference to our existence in this room. It makes, it makes, look, the things that you are taught, I am even more confident to tell you that it is for you and your well-being and your Christianity and your Christian development. Therefore, that's what I mean. Not to say that I am important or I'm great or I'm some successful, some successful uh, guy. No, none of that. None of that. None of, I mean, I'm the bishop, I'm the guru, I'm the mogul. No, 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 no. It's, what I'm saying is that what I teach you, therefore, I am more, it has always been the case. It has always been the case. But sometimes because of a certain background or whatever, you can say some things very confidently. So I'm being honest with you that now, now, very sure, as it has always been the case, I am very sure now that every verse that I, I read, it is for your well-being and for your development. It is just for you. That I actually thought about you. As I'm coming to preach. I've always thought about the congregation before I preach. But I am more sure now. That when I have a verse and a message is for you. Like my wife said to me once that. I cooked this food with you on my mind. That food was delicious. Because you may not know, you may not know, you may not know, when you start having children, those of you who are married, your wife starts cooking for the children, and then you'll be giving some. You may not know. You may not, you may not know. The type of food, the quantity, the attitude, the thing. It's like it's for the children. It's more, it's more food for children than give daddy some. So when they say that it was made with you on their mind, it means that I, I was lost. I was lost in this world. I only thought of you. Everything that I was doing is wretched. Salt, Richard, pepper, Richard, water, Richard, oil, Richard, heat, Richard, spices, Richard. (laughs) 
So in Matthew chapter 10. So I want to teach you to have the belt. The belt of ability to honor. Because you have to wear the belt of truth in Christianity. You wear the belt of truth. So one of the truths in life is to have the ability to honor. To honor people. So I'm sharing with you those who honor. Those who honor. Because there are some people who honor it. So in Matthew chapter 10, let's start from verse 41. If you came late, you're not so late. It says that he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. You know, now receiving, receiving is like recognizing. And therefore it's like honoring. When, 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 when you don't see someone in a certain light, because you don't see the person in a certain light, you don't really treat the person well. You don't treat the person in an in, appropriate in because you don't see the person in a certain light. And, and when you don't see the person in the correct light to give the person the due recognition and also to, to appreciate and acknowledge the person as is, you, 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 you also lose out on the blessings that you could have had from that person. You are also denied from it. So that's what Jesus is explaining here. That when you receive a prophet, in the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. And then also, if you see the prophet, but you treat the prophet as a righteous man, that is, a good man, a nice guy, a nice Christian, you also get a nice Christian reward. And a nice Christian reward is different from a prophet's reward. Working in Tesco, is different from working in J.P. Morgan. Or is it the same? No. No, it's not the same. It's not the same by what you are looking for. It's not the same. I went to work in a place once. And this man, you know, usually when you are new in a place, when you arrive new, people like to throw their weight about and blow their trumpets a bit. So I don't know which trumpet he has just bought. And he came to blow the trumpet in my face. And said that he's been working here for 21 years. That was my first day. My first day in that office. This guy has 21 years. I look at him like that. Top. Bottom. Then I move from bottom. Top. Then I went to the left. Right. Right. Left. And then to be sure, I went top. Bottom again. And I said to myself, though this is my first day, it is my last day here. Because I said, if this is what 21 days will do to you, I can't. I can't. It's the only job that I left without announcement and without resigning or anything. I never said anything. I just just didn't go the following day. I just didn't go again. I went back to Tempen. I didn't, go, I didn't go again. I said, no, 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 no. I can't. For this thy saying, I can't. Then he, pointed, then he pointed at another lady. 
said, this one has been here. He mentioned some years, 15 or something. I said, hey. I need no other argument. (laughs) I need no debate. I said, if this is what happens to people who work here, I'm out. One day is enough. One day is the nine to five. I said, it's enough. I left. I left. They called and called and called. I think I never answered. I think they were wondering whether I was not well, whether I've got some sickness, whether there's a problem. I never answered. Never. Their name, that particular, that particular place never appeared on my CV. Never. Never. One day, never. I left. I sacked myself. I took myself out. They called. You hear the voicemail, Richard. This is us calling from. We just want to check. Hope to see you tomorrow. I said, Me. (laughs) You will not see me. Not tomorrow. No. 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 I've seen two people that are dying there. (laughs) No. And that guy could complain. My one day experience, I knew everything about everybody, everything, complaining. This is like this, this is this, I don't have this, and I wish I could answer. I said, this guy is real. I said, I wish I could finish work at two o'clock today. He's really encouraging me to go. I didn't go for the second day. No. How you see is what you get. Now, in um, Mark chapter 6. Wow. Are you ready for those who honor? Okay, Mark chapter 6. Are you in Mark chapter 6? Have you found it? Sure, you found Mark chapter 6. Verse 1 is a beautiful verse. It says that and he went from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. I told you today is, is a special day. No stress. Are you relaxed? Okay. Am I feeling stressed at the back of my neck? Are you relaxed? Do you like church? Okay. And when, the, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, saying, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Can you see verse 2? Can you see verse 2? Can you see the praises and the awe? And the admiration that they have for him. Wisdom, mighty works. I mean, it's like, where is this guy from? Where is this guy from? They were astonished. That is, surprised. They've never seen a man this powerful. Then verse 3. Something happened. They said, it's not this the carpenter. The son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph. It's like the more people know about your relatives, the less 
respect they have for you. Did you know that? The more they know about you. Where you come from, who this is, who is that is, One Sunday morning, I just finished preaching powerfully. Pretty, pretty powerfully. So, usually I like to hang around in the front like this, say hello to people, chat with people. Then somebody comes, walks all the way to the front. Someone I've never seen before. I could tell that this is her first time. When she came, whenever everybody's saying, Pastor Richard, Pastor Richard, Pastor Richard, Pastor Richard, she comes and she mentions a name. A name. The name she mentioned, there is no way you will know that name in London. You must know me where I was born, and you must know my parents. And my brothers and sisters to mention that name. It is not, it is not a name. It's, it's not a London name. It's not, even, it's, not, it's not even a name for uni or a name for even secondary school. It's a name. That's like back in, no, not back in the day. Back there. Look, I won't lie. When she mentioned that name, I froze. I, I said... I said, who are you? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I said, who are you? I mean, it's like, it's like, why are you throwing this name here? I mean, why? Who are you? Then she, then, she, then, then she says to me, is your brother, how is this your brother? They mentions my brother's name, my brother's name. How is this your sister? They mention my sister's name. How is this your this? They mention this. And how is your, your dad? This, it's, it's like the person is just trying to, Make an attempt to bring me down. Here's like you are, you are some important person. I want to know. I know when you were growing up. That's all her message. I know when you were growing up. I knew you when you were growing up. That's what, that's, that was her aim. Because after everything, after mentioning my tribe, the whole tribe. <laughs> there was no aim. There was no point. It's just that I want you to know. I know you. I know you. I know from the tree, the tree from which you were hewn out. So you see, we know James, we know Joseph, we know Judah, we know Simon. And I know his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. Then Jesus said unto them, a prophet. A prophet. Do you remember what the first verse we read? The rewards of the prophet. These people will have no reward of a prophet. Because they receive us. Judah's brother. James's brother. Joseph's brother. Simon's brother. His sister's brother. The carpenter. They have another, de- another description for him. So the blessings are not passed on. So this is the first time Jesus is introducing this concept. And doctrine of honoring. He's introduced to to us. This this problem. This problem that you see. Is because a prophet. Is not without honor. Not not just a righteous person. Or a nice guy. But a prophet. A prophet. It's like the person you see. Is more than than a miracle worker. It's it's, it's more than. He's more than some nice guy. Some nice teacher. Because they were glorifying his wisdom. And his teachings. But he's saying here that, you know what? 
I am, I am more than that. The person you are looking at is called a prophet. A prophet. And a prophet is not without something. He's explaining. He's explaining the problem. It's not without honor. But in his own country. And among his own kin. And in his own house. Like that woman who came to beat me. Every, I'm sure everybody who came to will say how blessed they are, or they want prayer, or they want wisdom for some solution of an issue. They need counseling. This, except her. Is your mother not this? How is your this your brother? How is this your brother? How is that your brother? And how is this your sister? And uh, um, how are you? Then he's, she mentions the name. She never said Rev, Pastor, nothing. That name. She used that raw name. She used the raw name. Verse 5. And then he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Somebody who could do great works, he can't do great works because there was no honor. Honoring is the key for mighty works to be released into your life. Honoring is the key, is a master key. For you to experience miracles, blessings, mighty works from the prophet and from the person that deserves the honor. Honoring, honor. When you take honor out, nothing is done. Nothing is done. Because the person becomes ordinary and simple. When you see people who attempt to fight with ministers, with pastors, with churches, sometimes I even wonder why they continue going to the same church. Because you criticize the church so much and yet you are there. You won't be blessed. This this is free advice. You have to be where you are in awe of the teaching of the man of God. He's he's a man, but of God. That is Jeremiah 3.15. I will give you pastors. I will give you, it's like God says, I will give you somebody. So the person is from God to you. From God, that's why he's a man of God. He's not a man of man. He's from God. He's of God. Of God. His relationship with you is because of your relationship with God. If you had no relationship with God, you have nothing to do with him. So your relationship with him is based on your relationship with God. So the more shallow your relationship is with God, the more distant you are from the things that God has. It's like any any, any person. I mean, the closer you get to someone, the more you benefit from the person. The closer you are. and And then marriage crowns it all because marriage gives you access to everything, including the person's natural resources. You eat, it, you eat of it, you drink of it, you partake of it. It's like, it's like everything is for you. You gain access to everything. Before that, when you try, you are like a thief and a robber. But 
as you continue to build the relationship, you, you learn about people. You learn, you, you learn about the person. You know about this. You know about this as you move on and you move on. And then marriage is the crown of it all. You gain access to everything good, everything true, everything nice about the person. You can have it. You can have it. You can have it every day. You can have it three times a day. You can have it seven times a day. You can have it 16 times a day. It's yours. It's for you. As often as you can. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. I think you do. I think you do. The Bible says that drink water from your own system. In marriage, we drink water. We drink. We drink. We drink each other. Your wife is like a system, like a well. You draw water. You drink it. You drink. Because she's yours. So you drink water from your own system. It's for you. Have yours. Privatize a system. And drink. How often do you drink water? In your normal life, how often do you drink water? As often as you are thirsty. As often as you feel like drinking, you drink. When you don't have water and you go start drinking somebody's water, you're a thief. She's somebody's daughter that you have been drinking. You're a thief. If the father gets you. He will curse you and he will beat you up. <laughs> Drink waters out of the own system and running waters out of thine own well. I don't want to change the topic. I would have read more verses for you. <laughs> yes, let's go quickly back to Mark chapter 6. There's more action there. So, Anna. When you don't and when you don't give the thing the due respect and recognition, you don't have some benefits. As soon as you bring in honor, benefits begin to spill. The blessings, the blessings, the blessings, the blessings, the blessings. I remember I was I was sitting in the room once and um, somebody came into the room. I mean somebody like. Um, A man of God. But he's not someone that I see as my prophet. Do you understand? But he has, he has a way of greeting. So he, he, he had assumed that everywhere he goes, he's seen as the power man. So now he enters and I was sitting there. And he says to me, your time has come. And I was looking at him. And I realized that he was a bit bad because this is the first time that he met someone that didn't say, I receive it. <laughs> don't laugh, don't laugh. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then he said it again. He said it again. And I said, I said, you're, you're welcome, sir. Sit down. Then as he was sitting there, he said, your time has come. I said, can you, can you please just take your seat? We are, we are coming. You see, what was happening there is that Whatever he is or whoever he is, he's met somebody who doesn't receive it. Wow. 
He said about five times, and it's like I wasn't receiving my, the time. <laughs> and it wasn't just me. There were other ministers there. They all didn't say amen. Everybody was just sitting there. And I happened to be the, the person to receive him. So I, I kept saying, it's like this is your chair. This is your chair. This is where you must sit. So just sit. Just sit. I'll bring in uh, whoever you, you come to see. Just, just sit. Just sit quietly. Stop sharing uh, prophecies. Just sit. But you see, this example is revealing something to you. That where, where the person is not received, the power doesn't work. It's not that he's not, it's not that that person is not powerful. Oh, he's very powerful. He's very powerful. You should see his, his uh, meetings, the testimonies, but he's come into another zone where all the ministers there, I don't know what they have against him, I don't, think, I don't think they have anything against him. Just that it's like, you are not our prophet. The main person, the main person why we are here is the reason why you have also come. So let's wait for, that wait for that person. And that person was Bishop Dag. He was waiting to see Bishop Dag. He said, that's a main person. He rather, if he enters in. When Bishop entered in, all the men of God stood up. Yes. Including your time has come. Yes. He stood up. Uh-huh. That's the main reason. So when he, when Bishop entered, his blessings could flow. Your time has come blessings couldn't flow. His tap was shut. And he kept trying. Your time has come. Your time has come. When he looks to his left and his right, then he says, your time has come. And nobody was uh, receiving the time. Do you understand my example? He could there do no mighty work. Because he was not honored. He was not honored. Time to write. What does it mean to honor? Talk to you about those who honor. Okay. Are you real? Are you are you relaxed? Did you come with a timetable that I should? First love, no stress. Okay. Now, right, number one. We're writing. First love, we write notes. Okay. We always write. Especially if the pastor knows your name. You should make sure that you're right. Another, you call your name right now. Especially if you are sitting towards the back and you keep making eye contact with him. He's checking whether you're writing. Okay. <laughs> Number one, to honor, to honor someone is to recognize and memorialize a person and his worth. Do you get that? To honor someone is to recognize and memorialize a person and his worth his works and his accomplishments. Therefore, to dishonor someone is to fail to notice and to fail to recognize a person 
and his achievements and his worth, leaving him to self-announce or self-promote his own worthiness. (laughs) Therefore, to dishonor someone, is it because sometimes you can dishonor someone unknowingly? Especially parents. Sounds like you dishonor your parents very easily. Because you fail to notice and fail to recognize a person and his achievement. You are your parents' achievement. In case they don't have anything, you've not grown up, you say they don't buy trainers for you, but you are the achievement. They've raised you up enough for you to even know what trainers is. Try and raise somebody to come up as intelligent as you. Then you can compare. They have, they have provided roof over your head till now. They have chosen school for you to attend. Food for you to eat. They have stopped you from, because of your fear for them, even some things you couldn't do. Now it's your turn. When you raise somebody like you, then stand up and, and, and quarrel like you've been quarreling. So to dishonor, I'm showing you how, it, how easily it is to slide into dishonor. To dishonor someone is to fail to notice and to fail to recognize a person and his achievements and his worth, his worth, his worth. Look. His worth. If you don't know the worth of, of, of your parents, read your Bible. You will see what the Bible says about daddy and what the Bible says about mommy. Then you will discover, if you are a Christian, read your Bible. Then you will discover the worth of parents, the worth, the, that's the value. Instead of equating them to trainers. And trendy tops. That all your friends have and you don't have. Or Brazilian hair. Yeah. You see, these are the arguments of teenagers. Because all they know is hair and trainers. So they feel that's the world. They feel that is the world. It's like that is the If I have this and I have a good father. If I can get this, then wow, that is really great. Meanwhile, that is striving to give you something that is of greater value. Someone would outlive him. The hair, the hair. Even Summer won't meet the hair that you are fighting for. Summer. <laughs> anyway, I got to move. Number two, to honor is to give attention. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 32 says that, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. So to give attention, to give attention is to honor someone. There's a rude people dishonor without realizing that they are dishonored. Because someone that someone that perhaps is older knows more. 
is in a better um, 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 status than you, and the person is speaking to you, and you don't pay attention to what the person is saying, it's dishonoring. You are dishonoring the person. It's like, what I say is nonsense. When you don't give attention, when someone is speaking to you, you won't pay attention. It's, I mean, you are saying, shut up. Madman. Madwoman. Clear off. It's, you, you are dishonoring. To honor is to give attention. The scripture says that, my son, my son, give attention to my wisdom. Give attention to my wisdom. Give attention to my wisdom, my son. Give attention to my wisdom. Giving attention is honoring. Do you even pay attention? You see, in societies where uh, these things are not well entrenched, we, we just, we dishonor without even knowing that we are dishonoring. And then we use, we use things like, we use things like time. You have to do this, have to go, but we stay in places longer. We watch football, endless football matches, endless, endless, 90 minutes, including half time. Every half time, they don't get up. When the players have even left the field, it's like they are there, it's like in case they come out before the time. They don't move, they sit there. 90 minutes plus 15 plus extra time plus uh, penalties. You see, they are there. Then when it gets to things like church, it's like I have somewhere to go. I have this to do. I have to be like this. I have this. But it's lies. It's just that you don't have much regard for this. Even if you have something to do, you have more regard for that thing than this because you have left things for, for other things before. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. My son, attend unto my wisdom. It's like give attention to my wisdom. Bow thine ear to my understanding. That's be inclined to reasons that I give. It's understanding where that, that's where you find reasons. Bow your ear. Bow your ear. Sometimes you're newly married. You are so set in your ways. You have, you have to buy your ear to the understanding of somebody that you respect. Just do what the person is saying. Just do it. Otherwise, you destroy yourself with your ideas of comics you've read. You have to listen. Because the person knows the person knows at least a bit more than you. Yeah. I've been married for 24 years. How long have you been married? 24. When I got married, some of you were not born. How many of you were not born when I got married? Give me a wave. You were not born. You have not seen the sun. Oh, a wave. I want to see a wave. I want to see it. Yes, look at you. I mean, 80% of the church didn't exist. When I had finished married, not beloved. I finished beloved dosing. I should know something. Yeah. 
and I, I identify someone to marry and propose to her in 1989, 23rd December 1989. In 1989, how many of you here were, were, were alive? Were not alive. You were not in 1989. You were not alive. The whole I rest my case. So you see, what you are doing now, I did it in 1989. What you are doing now, I like this one. I have feelings for this one. I want this one. I had feelings for somebody in 1989. You are now having feelings. I have feelings for this one. I like, I really, I really, the way, the way he looks at me. The way he looks at me. Sometimes I feel he can see through me. Someone said to the beloved, I miss your eyes. And I miss your voice. So I said, hey, I'm going to look at this guy's eyes. This is a lady talking to a guy. I'll miss. I mean, he was traveling. Saying, Baba, I said, as you are going, I will miss your eyes. And I will miss your voice. Then she said, even more, I'll miss you. Oh! Eyes, voice, I miss your eyes. Something in your eyes. Something about your eyes. When I see your eyes, my knees begin to knock against you. Where are those eyes? We need the coordinates for those eyes. It's at a particular location. I miss your eyes. I miss your voice. And even better, I'll miss you. Wow. 21st century ladies, they can talk. Oh. Number three. <laughs> to honor someone is to look up to the person. Therefore, to dishonor someone is to disregard or ignore the person. Number four. To honor is to accommodate, adjust, and adapt to the person. To honor someone, it means that the person you've already been able to recognize, this person is important. So you accommodate, you adapt. You don't force the person to adapt to you. You adapt to the person. If you love your husband, you adapt to her, to him. And if you love your wife, too, you adapt to her. And you will accommodate. You will accommodate. You will accommodate. You will be okay. Accommodate is, is our, you will make room. You otherwise didn't have that room for But you make room. You accommodate. You accommodate. So the person is like this, but look, hey, hey, I respect you enough. I like you enough to make room for you. To make room, to accommodate, to ruminate. <laughs> no ruminate, no ruminate, to accommodate. Accommodate. 
It's because I saw the dancing start as I said, ruminate. <laughs> to accommodate. You should be to accommodate. Accommodating is honoring. I'm in a hurry. I'm this. I can't stand this. I don't want this. I'm like this. No, no, no. That, that is to dishonor someone. To dishonor someone is not to have the time for the person. The recognition. can't live with your mom under the same roof. It's like you can't accommodate her. You have grown up and you've developed your own rules. You have rules now that you are forcing mommy to comply and to abide by. Now you have grown up and you, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like a shift of the balance in powers. It's like that you are more powerful because perhaps you earn more money than her or you earn as much as her. Or you can't see, or you, you have, you've become oblivious to what she has done for you. So now she has to live by your rules, or you have to share. You are in power from Monday to Wednesday, then she's in power from Thursday to Saturday, and then Sunday you all go to church. Yeah. You can accommodate, because you are failing to recognize the person. As an important person in your life and a superior person to you. That's why you that's why you quarrel with mom. And you quarrel with dad. You answer back. You shout back. You raise your voice. And then when you get to work, you become you become a mouse. You get to work and you see the unbelievers. Unbelievers sending you to make coffee and tea and to run errands. Then you are, you are like a mouse. Anyway, let me conclude by giving you examples of those who honored. That's the title of our message, isn't it? Those who honor. The first person is in Matthew 26. Those who honor. Are you going to honor? You going to honor? How many of you can see that honor is important? It opens the tap of blessings into your life. You will be blessed. You will be blessed. You will be blessed as you start honoring. Right from your home, you will be blessed. Right from your home. As you start honoring mommy, start honoring daddy, start honoring the people that need have to be honored. You will see blessings coming on your life. You will see blessings coming on your Blessings will come upon your life. Blessings. Blessings. You will be blessed. Don't develop wings. And teenage arguments. Don't destroy yourself before your time. Why do you want to be over-righteous? Don't be over-righteous. Don't be too correct. You don't tell me everything. You are correct. You are set. Relax. Relax. Take a lot of things into consideration. I'm telling you. You see, people who judge and are quick to judge usually don't think deeply. Because if you were to be judged, you perhaps will not hold a microphone to sing. Yes. So the only thing left is to be grateful and to be thankful that me, I've been given a chance. I've been given a chance. I've been given a chance. Yeah. Yeah. This morning I was telling Bishop, I 
cannot be Bishop Richard without him. I'll be nobody. I'll be nobody. I'll be, so why are you saying this? He say God, shut up. He's a man of God. You see, this is where, this is the thing I need you to understand. That this, you know, in, in Christianity, there's something called milk. And then there's bones and meat. After a certain point, as you are maturing, you will discover that God will work through a man for you to be blessed. He will use a man. He won't use angels. He won't use angels. And if you don't believe in God, the man of God will not be anything to you. It is your limited understanding and fellowship with God that makes you question the roles of men in your life. You see, the Bible says that, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says that believe in God and you'll be established. You need that first. You need that first. So that man will not deceive you. You see, we've heard so many negative things, so we, we can't even believe in the people that God sends to us. Because we've, we've majored on the Jim Jones and the, and the crazy guys. But everybody is not crazy. They are genuine people. And God still uses men. So he said, believe in God. Believe in God. Believe in God and you will be established. If you don't believe, if I don't believe in God, I cannot honor a man of God. I'm not honoring a man of Africa. Or a man of Europe. A man of God. So he said, believe in God and you will be established. Can you see it down there? And you will be established. Then he says that, the same word that he used for God, he used the same word for the prophets. Say, believe in his prophets. Believe in his prophets. Whose prophets? God's prophets. God's prophets. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. The tap of flourishing, of prospering, of doing well comes from your belief, believing in the man of God. If you don't believe in God, don't try it. Because you will not even know when he's leading you astray. So you have to believe in God. So you know. <laughs> so you know what is happening. But as soon as you believe in God, you are safe. Now all the things that God brings. Have you ever sat on the train and asked, who is the driver? Why? Because you believe in them. What do they call them? T L R R L T. TFL. Yes. You, you are not even aware that you have so much faith. So much faith in TFL. You are not even aware. So much faith. Under, you go underground. Escalator. Flight of escalators. Down. Then you enter into a train and you have faith that TFL has not put a depressed man at the, at the wheels. In London. It's your faith. It's your faith in TFL. That when God says, believe in me and be established. Believe in the prophets I'll give to you and you will prosper. Then you say, mm, you know, this church, you talk too much about these prophets and this man of God and this, these things. You, you, your, your things are too much. Your things are too much. Your things are too much. No, because you don't read the Bible. Because you don't know God. Because your knowledge of God is quite limited. If your knowledge of God is expanded a bit, you would have seen 2 Chronicles 2020. That that is how God is going to lead you. That's how God is going to bless you. That's how God is going to help you. 
And it is for you. It is for you. It is for you. Keep it. Keep it. It's for you. It's for you. The first person who honored. Today is a day. It's a nice day. 26 verse 6. Check if your neighbor is feeling sleepy. Tell them that, you know. Tell them the word, the word is really healing. You've got to be alert. Verse 6 says that now when Jesus, now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? Hmm. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. It's like she has honored me. And then, he said that, for you have the poor always with you, but me, you have not always. It's like, it's like this is your chance. You don't always get a, a chance to honor. You see, one day, one day, God forbid it's not soon. One day, daddy will be lying there as a body. Mommy will be lying there as a body. The more people cry, the more I know from experience that they have dishonored this person who is died. Yes. It's that, that's the pain. That's the pain. Because when you work it out, you say, but this, when this person was alive, you're not even talking to the person. You didn't have much respect for it, but it's like now the person is gone. You see, that's when people begin to think, I could have done this. I should have done this. I could have been like this. I didn't do it. I could have, I could have sent him a card on his birthday. I could have sent him a cake on his birthday. I could have sent him an offering. I could have done this. I could have done this. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I rather quarreled. I rather quarreled. Fought. So from that pain, a lot of the tears is from pain. Pain of failure. It's from shame. The shame is a pain of shame. I didn't do what I had to do. I treated the person like the person is a nuisance. Me, you don't have always with me. It's your chance to honor. Those who honor seize the moment. That's what this one did. Then verse 12. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verse 13. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman has done, be told for a memorial of her. She gained a blessing. She was memorialized. You see, Jesus is quick in honoring. God, God is quick in honoring. When you, when you, as soon as you honor God, he will bless you. God respects Anna. He respects Anna. That's what the scripture says. Anna me with the, with the first fruits of your substance. And then he continues with blessings. This woman just honored. Look at what Jesus is saying. He said, wherever, wherever the gospel is preached. What Jesus said, is it happening? Yeah. This is about 2,000 years after. Look at us sitting here. Look at us sitting here. She's number one for those who honor. In my notes, number one. Those who honor. This one. 
just as, as though I was there and Jesus said, as though Jesus spoke to me and said, you know, when you are talking about Anna, can you please talk about this? Well, I wasn't there. I wasn't born. My mother wasn't born. My grandmother wasn't born. My great-grandmother wasn't born when this was happening. Yeah, great, 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 great. You can continue. They were not born when this was happening. But here we are. Here we are. I'm looking for people. I'm teaching people how to honor, to understand honoring. To understand honoring. Honoring God, honoring parents, honoring pastors, honoring important people in their lives. And who is the example to give? The person Jesus said shall be used as an example is the one I'm using. Is Jesus not the prophet? I thought by now you'd be clapping for Jesus. You shall also be remembered for every honor you give. You shall be remembered. You shall be remembered. You shall be remembered. You will be remembered and you will be blessed. You receive the blessing of being remembered for every good thing that you do. The second person here, I don't know. My my time is finished. The second person here is a certain woman. Her story is too long. She's called the Shunammite woman. You find her in 2 Kings chapter 4. She is the one that made room for the prophet Elisha. And healing came to her house. Breakthrough came to her house. Second Kings chapter 4. Sorry, it's chapter 17. Is that the right one? No, 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 no. Wait. Yes. Which woman? Shunammite. Shunammite, isn't it? Yes. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Quickly. And it fell on that the Elisha passed, passed through Shunem, where a great woman. And she constrained, and, and the weather was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in hither to eat bread. Do you understand? Hospitality, hospitality, hospitality. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. In other words, she's a prophet. He's a, he's a prophet. He's a holy man of God. This is like this guy who comes around. He's not an ordinary person. He's, he's someone who deserves honor and respect. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it he, and he fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, say now unto her, Gehazi is the servant of Elisha. Behold, thou hast been, been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken to, wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she has no child. 
and her husband is old. Her condition demands divine intervention. It's only God who can solve it. And the only way she's about to receive a miracle is by honoring the prophet. Not dishonoring the prophet. Okay. And he said, call her. And when she had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, uh, he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And he said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. Is that what you are saying? It's not possible. It cannot be. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life, you shall prosper at that season for yourself. Prosperity is coming your way for honoring the man of God. Verse 18, and when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said, and he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Relax. The power of Anna. I'm, I'm reading to you about those who Anna, those sit down so that those who are sitting can see me. Okay. <laughs> and she went up and laid and laid him on the bed and the man of God and laid him on the bed of the man of God that's the bed that they made for the man of God they went to put the dead child on it and shut the door upon him and went out and she called unto her husband and said send me I pray thee one of the young men and one of the, and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again and he said Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. Just let me go. Then she saddled an ass and said to her, to her servant, Drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. In other words, speed. Put your foot on the accelerator. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Learn how to have faith confessions. And when she came to the man of God, when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord has hid it from me and has not told me. Prophets don't know everything. Those of you who think they know everything, they'll bring 50 pounds out, shall I tell you something. You don't read your Bible, that's why. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get up thy loins and take my staff in thy hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. If any, any salute thee, answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child. It's like, be, be focused. Don't talk to anybody on the way. No good mornings, no good afternoons, no hi, no hellos. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. 
And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child. But there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. And when Elisha was coming to the house, he, Elisha had to come himself. <laughs> Behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain. That is, the two of them. He, Elisha, and the dead boy. And prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child. And put his mouth upon his mouth. And his eyes upon his eyes. And his hands upon his hands. And stretched himself upon the child. It doesn't mean that somebody can come to your house and say they are coming to lie on you for you to receive him. <laughs> eye upon your eye. Mouth upon your mouth. On you. Don't be naive. And stretch himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Hey, you won't change my verse for me. He changed it. Verse 35. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times. (laughs) And the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Expect miracles in your life. For every act of honor that you do, you shall be permanently remembered. It shall never be forgotten. Every good work you do to honor a man of God, to honor someone that deserves honor, God will remember you. God will pay you with miracles. God will pay you by making the impossible possible. Expect possibility in impossible situations. Can you you imagine the attention and the concentration that has come on this woman? Only because she earned it. Only because she earned it. Only because he remembered that this man made a room for us. Gave a bed for us. Gave us a stool, a candle. Gave us food. So it's like a child that is dead. dead. First, dead. she couldn't have a child. It's like she will have a child. Secondly, the child is dead. That child shall live. Every mistake you have made, you shall recover from it. Amen. Recovery shall come your way. Amen. Expect good results. Amen. Expect good results. Amen. Those of you, those of you who serve in church, who do things in church, who work in church, who minister in church, never for once in your lifetime should you imagine that you'll be forsaken or God will not remember you God will remember you I said God will remember you especially in your difficult times know that God has not forgotten about you receive healing receive deliverance receive blessings you shall be remembered and then my last woman 
I had, I had seven, but I think I can only give you three. Wow. Yeah, seven of those who, those who honor. A lot of them were women, isn't it? No problem. If you are that sexist, it's okay. You can have it. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. This one is a Syrophoenician woman. Women love God, you know. They really love God. They really do great things for God. They really love him. A woman can really give herself to God. Verse 24, 24, 24, 2-4. And from thence he arose and went into the, into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek a Syrophoenician by nation. Are you there? And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. And Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table, eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this thy saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. <laughs> and when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Now, why did she get why did she get a miracle? Because she saw that without Jesus, there was no way out. That's, that's how can she even accept that I am a dog? Yes. Many won't accept that they are dogs. In other words, many won't accept that they are lower than this one. That I'm lower, so I have to look up to this person and, and I, have to, you know, I have to honor this person. Many can't accept it. It's like we are equal or I'm even better. But she said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In other words, Jesus said, Jesus said, I can't take the bread of the children and give it to dogs. In other words, you are a dog. You're a dog. You don't, belo- you, don't, you don't deserve to eat this bread, this power that I have, the anointing that I have. Yeah, I, can't, I can't give it to p- people like you. She said, yes. Yes, I am. But dogs, when the people are eating, bits fall on the ground and the dogs pick it. So I am here. I am here. Knowing that this is my source of life. This is the only way that I, my child can be healed. This is the only way I can have peace. So I am here. I am here. Let the crumbs, after you finish feeding the children, let the crumbs have fall. Let me also eat some. My child will be well. Then Jesus, Jesus was so impressed. He said, for this thy saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. When you honor, devils flee from your life. I said, when you honor, devils flee from your life. May every devil flee from your life. Be ready to experience fantastic healings and blessings. Fantastic supplies, divine supplies into your life. God is supplying good things into your life. Be ready to receive it. Be ready to receive it. God will honor you. God will bless you. 
embrace the doctrine of honoring. Keep it. Keep it in your pocket. Just have it in your pocket. Just have it in your pocket. That I honor. I'm someone who honors. I honor. I honor my father. I honor my mother. I honor people that I put. I honor my pastors. When I see my pastor, I'll honor my pastor. When I see my prophet, I'll honor my prophet. And see your life. See your life. Introduce another dimension of the power of God into your life. Let it come into your life. Let it come into your life. I feel sorry for people who turn down service to God and things for God. I feel sorry for them. Because you know, if I'm not here, somebody will be preaching. It's not like if I'm not here, there'll be no preacher. Somebody will be preaching. Last week, I was in, was it last week? Yeah, last week, I was in here. Was it not a service? Yeah. Were you not blessed? Yeah. Yes. It's not, it's not like, without you, without you, without you, everything will run. Look, Jesus said, he said, if you don't praise me, these stones, I'll let these stones, I'll let these stones praise me. I'll let these stones. If you refuse to praise me, the stones will praise me. The stones. The stones. The stones will rise up and praise me. You are not needed. It is a privilege. It's a privilege. It's almost like a trick that God wants to give you something. They says he pretends as though he really needs you. It's like I really, but he just wants to do something for you. That he's pretending. It's like, oh, please, can you uh, can you be a preacher? Can you be this? Can you? It's like, he, he wants to bless. He said, oh, please, can you do this? Oh, can you please honor my my servant? Can you please show respect for my servant? Can you please take an offering to my servant? Can you please do this? Can you please do this thing for me? Can you please can you please sing a song for me? Can you please come to church and be an usher? Oh, hopefully you can be an Asha, there will be more order in my church as though he needs you. Meanwhile, meanwhile, he has a plan. He has a plan. I was in my house. I was in my house one day. My house one day. I know how God speaks to me on some instructions. And he said to me, take this offering. Take this offering to this man of God. This one. Take it offering. And he gave me the amount. And I said, yeah. <laughs> then I said, no problem. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll take it. I said, I, I, I will do it. It was not his birthday. It was not Galatians 6 6. It was not Pastor's Appreciation Day. It was just a day. I said, take it. I said, take this. Give me that amount. I said, take this amount. Come on, give it to me. He doesn't need it. He doesn't. He has given me more of He's given me offerings. I can't tell you. More than the one that I was taking. Then he said, when you take it, when you take it, he will say this to you. Listen to me carefully, I'm closing. He said, he will say this to you. The words, the words were words of a blessing. A, a permanent, shamanized, memorialized blessing. Something that is permanent. He said, he will say this to you. He will say, this is what he will say to you. And I was wondering, but if he will say this, why don't you God just tell me? So that it's, but no, he used his prophet. So I took it. No long after, no long after, I have to travel where I'll meet him. So I took it. And I gave it to him. As soon as I gave it to him, typical as he is, he said, what is this? You know I don't need it. I mean, why? why? It's, it's almost like, you need, it's what is true. I need it more than, it's like, what, what is this? Why? I just said, please, I just want to. 
He said, no problem. So he just took it. He just, he just, he was, he was holding something and said, I should drop it. So I just dropped it. It was very kind of like, you know, there was no presence, no power, no feelings, no emotion, you know, nothing, no prophecies. You know how sometimes you want to say, that's it. There was nothing. <laughs> but I was walking in obedience. Then he said, Charlie Ricardo, good night. He's like, bye-bye. So I was standing there. It, I, the words were ringing in my head that, ah, God, this is what you told me. This is what you told me. This is what you told me. He just walked away like that. If we're standing here, he walked like that. One, two, three, four, five, six. He was going. And I was still standing, looking at him as he was going. <laughs> about eight. Around about seven or eight steps. As I was standing there, he stopped. Then he turned and looked at me. He didn't even ask me why I was standing there. He just, the words that came out of his mouth were the words. It's as though, it's as though a recorder has been played in his head that saved this. He said the exact, I mean, the, if there were five words, he said the five words and waved and went on. Wow. Yes. The story has, it doesn't end there. Since that day, since that day, I can't lie to you. Since that day, I am a living evidence of those words. Wow. I can't. I can't even. I can't explain it. Wow. It's one of the things. It's one of the things I can't explain. I'll be there. The thing that he said, it's just happening. Then I'll say, "Hey God, you are so real." I'm telling you, till 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 now, wow. till now and till forever. Wow. It it happens. Virtually weekly, the things that he said, which I can't tell you. I don't know how jealous you become. <laughs> Fury, I see it. I see it happening. That is just honoring the prophet, obeying God, honor the prophet, honor him, honor him like that. A tap, a tap. I'm somebody standing under a particular grace. Like Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached should be mentioned. Just that that thing that I took. Just that thing. The words. You see, the words I had, they were they are not words that you just say, you know, today you shall. They are permanent words. Permanent. Permanent forever. And since, since I left him, those things, it it is, not it has happened, it is happening. It is happening. It is happening. I can't even believe it. I can't even believe it. I find it hard because when I see it happening, I say, what is going on? Because I've, I've, lived, for, I've lived for some years. Some of you know I've lived some, for some years. I have not had that experience before till after that experience. I've, I've not had it. It's not something that happens. It, it, it hasn't happened to me ever before. Until now. You shall be blessed. It shall be well with you. Amen. Those who honor, those who honor, they walk in supernatural covering and supernatural blessings. Those who honor, those who honor, those who honor. I honored my father, I believe, till his dying day. I never had a fight with him. I've told you before, I heard my father and my mother chatting. When he got to my tent, they were discussing all the children. I don't know what meeting it was. 
because I've never had such a meeting with my wife before discussing every child. But they were discussing every child. They'll mention this one, then there'll be a discussion. I'll mention this one, there'll be a discussion. They, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do that, like that. Like that, like that. They were mentioning the, the children. Then they mentioned my name. Did you know that where I was sitting, I could hear? Because I was there. Since I read that, they were going through a register. So I stayed. When they mentioned my name, then my father said, the millionaire, he'll be okay. I was 16 years or max 17. I was not, I mean, I was 16, 17. I was like lower sex. Is that not lower sex? Yes. 16 max. I mean, say 16 years. That's what I was. That's what I was sitting. He said, the words from my father's mouth was, the millionaire, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. Let's not worry about him. I've not, I've not done A-levels. And I was declared a millionaire. You shall be blessed too. <laughs> yes. I have not written A-levels. And it was declared over my life that it will be well with me. Not only did he say that, he said he will be okay. I have been 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 okay. My father did not pass away before God even gave me another father. Who cares for me? He, he, looks, he looks kindly upon me. His eyes for me are eyes of kindness and eyes of love. No eyes of what are you preaching? Have you preached? His eyes for me. His eyes for me. He will be, he will be, he will be Mozambique preaching crusade after crusade, crusade. I'll look at my phone. I'll look at my phone. And he sent me a text. How are you? That's all. How are you? How is it? That's it. There, 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 there. May you have a blessed life too. Amen. I said, may you have a blessed life. Amen. In the midst of the, the activities and this and this and this. How goes? How are you? It's a how is everything? Then you say, I'll, I'll call you. I'll call you later. Don't worry, I'll call you. I'll speak to you. It's like having forgotten about you. I'm thinking about how comforting it is. But you can see the person's agenda and the thousands of people in his life. And he remembers you. And he remembers your phone number. He will be okay. I have been okay. You will be okay. You will be. You will be. You should be okay. You should be okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the thousands of people who have sent him birthday wishes today. I was thinking the thousands and the thousands of people. And I look at my phone. And here's a response for my birthday message. I said, oh God, who am I to deserve that? It can only be God. It can only be God. I said, who am I to receive? I've got a response. It's there. It's there. It's sitting on my phone. See, I told you I don't want you to be jealous. So I've limited the testimonies. I'm just showing you those who honor, those who honor and how their life is. Don't toy, don't toy with important. Allow me to use that word. I don't know what better word. But don't toy with important people in your life. Don't toy with them. Don't treat them as equals. Save your emotions and your feelings. When you, you, have, you, can, you, you want to get irritated with an important person. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't do it. 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 Don't take it there. Take it to your classmates. Take it to your colleagues. Don't take it there. 
Don't take it there. Don't bring it on him. He's not your equal. He's not your equal. You may be more educated than him. You may be older than him. You may have all the societal superiorities than him. You may feel society will make you superior to him. Like the things that you, you classify as important. You may have all. You may not have it. But God, when God looks at him and looks at you, he says, this one, don't treat him like that. Don't. Don't. God has made him higher than you. So that it will be well with you. Don't, don't treat him. Don't relate with him in a certain way. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Some of you will soon discover that you are more educated than your parents. Don't let it affect you. Don't become a fool. Don't become a fool. Because you went to school. You went to school in England. And you went to school in um, um, Kumasi or Abiguta. Don't become a fool. That is not what is used to determine who. That's what God uses. Use what God uses. Use what God uses. Use what God uses. So it will be well with you. Use what God uses. Use what he uses. Choose what he uses so it will be well with you. So you can do well. But then, but then be using your accent. You are so narrow-minded. You are like an illiterate. To use accent to, to, to say that you are important. You are an illiterate. You are a bush person. You are an uneducated person. The first question you should ask yourself is how many countries speak English in Europe? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. I think I have to close. Stand to your feet and let's go. (laughs) But you honor and it will be well with you. How many of you are going to start honoring, honoring that it will be well with you? When you get the chance, when you get the chance, this is not for today or tomorrow. It is for life. It is for life. It is for life. Even when your father is a thief, honor him. Even if your father is in prison, honor him. Show him respect because he is daddy. Yes. Yes. Even if he is blind, honor him. In his weakest state, honor him. No matter the stories you have heard, leave it to for mommy and daddy to battle it out. You, what you owe to him, what you owe to that man is called honor. That it may be well with you and that you may live long. Those who honor, flourish. And those who honor, live long. Do what you have to do. So of joining mommy's, mommy's political party, Fighting battles you don't even understand. Do what the Bible says. Do what God respects. Do what God respects. If you're a lady and you get married, respect your husband. Respect him. That's what the Bible says. The, the The summary of Ephesians 5. It says that let the women see to it that they respect their husband. Respect him. To respect somebody is to know his wishes. And just stick to his wishes. This is what he wants. Stay with what he wants. Don't argue. Don't be lippy. Don't, don't try and do what you want to do. And tell him to, tell him to follow you. No, it's not biblical. I'm talking to Christians. I'm not talking to Europeans. I'm talking to Christians. 
Let the wife see to it that she reverence her husband. That is respect her husband. Respect her husband. Respect. Respect. Do you know somebody who respects? Somebody who doesn't argue. Doesn't fight, but doesn't rebuke you. Doesn't, doesn't put up an attitude. You know, you have places where you show your attitude. A place where you, you tuck in everything. You just tuck it in. Even though you feel like it, you don't show it. It means you respect that person. As soon as somebody starts disrespecting you, starts treating you like, his, like her brother, how she will treat somebody who is there, we are the same. Then you know, you know that this person has lost it. I wouldn't help you to disrespect me. I'll take myself away. Oh, I'll, take my, I'll remove myself from you. I will not, I'll, I will not entertain you even for five minutes. For you to be cursed. No, I won't. I'll take myself away. When you wake up and you come, you say, I'll be waiting for you. I'll be smiling. I'll say, hi, baby. Where you been, baby? You all right, baby? You had breakfast, baby? Yeah. I'll not sit there for you to disrespect me. No, no, no. Because it's not good for you. Please, there are people that I, I will feel like talking, but I said, no, this is the person I'm dealing with. I can't talk. I tuck it in. I tuck in how I'm feeling. It's called tuck it in. Tuck it in. Tuck it in. Pull it up. And you behave as though it's okay. Tuck it in. When we are colleagues, when it's us, just us. Just us. Yes, we can argue it out and debate. But not to some people. Not to some people. No, 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 no. no, no. So you, have, you have to learn how not to argue with husbands. Fighting, talking back. It's a, it's a devilish culture. It's not a biblical culture. It's devilish. And husbands have to learn how to love their wives. That's also the devilish culture not to love your wife. Everybody deserves an honor. You give the person the honor. If you call your mom by the first name, Susie, you can tell her, Susie, don't be silly. <laughs> Susie, don't be silly. All these are devilish cultures that have crept in. Yeah. You can say, Susan, don't be silly. Yeah. Even teachers. Teachers are supposed to be honored. You can look at your teacher's face and say, Gary, you're being silly. <laughs> yeah, teachers. Teachers. Your teacher. Your teachers. <laughs> Teachers, and we've learned, we feel it's cool. Things that are not cool, we've taken out of school. It takes away from us from being honored and being blessed. Because these are people of authority. These are people of authority. These are people of authority. Pray for yourself. Ask God for a blessing. We're just praying for 60 seconds. Just ask God for blessing and for wisdom to honor where you have to honor. Wisdom to honor where you have to honor. Ask God for it. Ask Him 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 for it. May your eyes be opened that you will see those that deserve honor that you may honor them. May your eyes be opened. May you see. May you see times and moments and people that deserve to be honored, that you may honor them. That you may honor them. May you see it. May you see it. May your hearts be softened. 
that you will see and you honor the ones that deserve to be honored. Oh God, thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Father, we want to thank you this afternoon. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your word. We believe that your word has spoken to us and has healed us and has directed us and corrected us Lord. Thank you for the blessing of your word. Thank you that once again your word has come to save us and to bless us and to heal us. Thank you Father for your favor. And thank you for your goodness. What an, an, an evening, Lord. What a blessing in your holy presence. Thank you for your wisdom that has come to us today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we have prayed. Thanking you for all blessings that you have for us. Now, while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, I want to pray for you. Especially you, especially. Maybe today is your first time somebody invited you to church or you've been going to church, you've been coming to church or going to church somewhere but you, you don't have a real relationship with God. You are not sure of your relationship with him. And this afternoon you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Pastor, please pray with me. If you are here like that, you are not sure of your salvation. You want to be sure of your salvation. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. While every eye is closed and every head is bowed, say, Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus in my life and need Jesus in my heart. If you're here like that, very quickly, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Pastor, pray with me. I need Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just your right hand. Lift up high so I can see you. God bless you. God bless you. I can see all those hands. I can see you. Today is your day. It's your day. It's your day. Just your right hand. I want to pray with you. I want to give your life to Jesus. It's your day to give your life to Jesus. I want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want God to forgive me of all my sins and all my mistakes. Today, I want to surrender it all to Jesus. Keep your right hand up. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I believe there are a few more that want to join us. The Pastor, today is my day. I need salvation. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Just your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I can see all those hands. I can see all those hands. You have your hand lifted up. Hand lifted up. I want you to do one more thing for me. I want you to come to me in the front here. Come. Yes, come. Come. You can see my hand. Come to where my hand is. Come to where my hand is. Come. Come out of your seat. You lifted up your hand. Come. Come all the way. Come. 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 Watch my hand and come to where my hand is. Stand right in front of you. Yes. In case you get lost. Let my hand tell you where you are going to. Come. Come. Maybe you didn't lift up your hands, but you want to come. I want you to come. Even if you didn't lift up your hand, but you want to give your life to Jesus. Come. 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 Yes. I'm waiting for you. Let's sing it. Was shed for me. Was shed for me. Yes, Lord. And that thou bid me come. Yes, I'm waiting. You want to join us? Come. I'll pray with you. It's just a prayer. It's just a prayer. You want to give your life to Jesus today. We are waiting. Come. Just as I am. Yes, without one plea. But, but that thy blood, your 
blood was Lord shed for me. Shed for me. Yes, Lord. And that thou bids me come to close and every head bowed. I want to say this prayer together. First say this prayer after me. Say with me. Say Heavenly Father I come to you today just as I am. I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Lord please forgive me of all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose up on the third day. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Say, thank you, Father, for accepting me today and making me a child of yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, now I pray for all these precious ones. Keep them. Establish them in you, Lord. May the enemy, may the enemy not deceive them, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Your grace that has reached and found them today. Thank you for that great grace. May it establish them in your house. May it establish them in their faith. May they save you for the rest of their days and the rest of their life. Thank you for your blessing and thank you for mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say a good amen. Wow, we have some gifts for you. I wanted to receive it very quickly before you go back to your seat. God bless you. It's a great day for you. It's a great day to be saved, to be born again, for your sins to be forgiven. It's such a great blessing. Such a great read it, understand it. God bless you. You have one already? You can give one to your friend, you know. That friend, yes, you know. That friend, yes. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. You may go back to your seats. God bless you. Clap for them as they go back. Communion, communion, communion. Brothers, sisters. Brothers, sisters. We are one And our lives have just begun Church sing In the spirit we are young And we'll live forever I can't hear you Sons of God Hear his holy word Gather round The table of the Lord Eat his body Drink his We'll sing a song of love. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Shout together to the Lord who has promised our reward. Happiness a hundredfold. I can't hear you, church. We'll live forever. They sing it. It's your song. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord.
Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Come on, brothers, sisters, we are one, and our lives have just begun. In the spirit, we are I'm young. I'm waiting to hear all of you say it. Stars, I can't hear you. Sing a song of love. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Shout together to the Lord. Those on this side, you I can't hear you at all. Yes. Happiness a hundredfold. And we'll live forever. Those here. Sons of God. His holy word gather round the table of the Lord. Eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's try it again. Shout together. Shout together to the I want to feel Lord the passion. Who has promised our reward? Yes, it's working. And we'll live forever. Sing it now. Sons of God, hear his holy word. Gather round the table of the Lord. Eat his body, drink his blood. And we'll sing a song of love. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. You are holding in your hands today a miracle for promotion. A seat for deliverance. You will never be the same again. Promotion is coming into your life. You are about to drink life into your life. Life into your finances. Life into your health. Life into your coursework. Life into your career. Life into your relationship. Life into your marriage. Life into your very body. This is life. This is life. This is life. Every dying thing shall be resurrected. Every dying thing shall be resurrected. Every dying thing that is not supposed to die shall live in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we bless every cup and every bread in our hands. May be blessed for our good, for our strength, for our the opening of our eyes and the opening of our ears and the softening of our hearts. May it bring wisdom. May it bring strength. May it banish, Lord. We banish every presence of evil, Lord. We cancel out every negative medical report concerning our lives. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord. According to your word, according to your word, he that eats this bread 
and drinks drinks this wine eats your body and drinks your blood and therefore abides in you and you in him (coughs) thank you father that today the power of Christ is going to be made resident in us as we eat it every presence of evil shall be dislodged in Jesus name sicknesses disappears confusion disappears depression disappears every weakness every fleshy weakness disappears in Jesus name thank you O God that your people become intelligent become clever become wise and they gain understanding what they have not been able to understand Lord give them understanding what they've not been able to see Lord open their eyes to see Lord thank you for your blessing in Jesus name the body of Christ eat it life is coming into you life the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus Christ drink all of it father like you said like Jesus said on the cross it is finished may everything be perfected for every life gathered here under the sound of my voice may they for every test may they have excellent results for every test for every examination may the report be excellent thank you father for strength for perfection and for mercy that you have given to us today in Jesus name Amen your amen is weak your amen can be stronger now add faith to your amen I declare to you it is well with your soul I announce to you it is well with your life I prophesy to you your future is blessed whatever made you cry that thing is overthrown whatever made you depressed that thing is cursed whatever made you weak that thing has died in Jesus name give the Lord your loudest clap Is that your loudest clap? Wow. God bless you. Take your seats. Sit upon your enemies. They have become weak. Satan is destroyed in your life. His agents have been destroyed. You are not going back with any problem. You are not going back with any trouble. 
you are going back with abundant peace. Peace you have not seen before. Peace you have not seen before. That is what you are returning with. It is well with you. It is well with you. Don't be troubled. Tonight sleep in peace. Because it is well with you. God has done it. God has done it. It is well.